0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Get Up and Do Something Uplift podcast series. Today, we have with us Dr. Danielle Katona. Dr. Katona has her PhD in communication from Rutgers University. Her research interests include interpersonal communication and persuasion. Today, we will be talking to Dr. Katona about the mysterious world of dating. Dr. Dr. Katona, thank you for being with us here today. And thank you all for having me. Yeah, so just to start out, would you mind... Telling us a little bit about your background and kind of your research interests. Sure. So
1: my background, just how you had in the summary, I am really interested in interpersonal communication and persuasion, and I usually apply that in health contexts. But I also teach in the interpersonal area for the Department of Communication, where I focus on various theories of interpersonal communication that kind of provide a background into
0: relationship initiation, maintenance, and then unfortunately, sometimes relational breakups. Okay. So really looking at kind of communication and relationships. Yes. Great. So why is that so important? Why is communication so important in relationships? Right. I think so often that
1: people just assume because we communicate all the time that we're doing it effectively. And that's not always the case. Um, But communication is really a make it or break it type of thing for a relationship. And you see it at every stage of a relationship. So if you get up the courage to ask someone out on a date, um, what you have to do in terms of growing closer together, once you kind of reach that plateau where you feel kind of close to each other, what are different behaviors you might do or what you might say to actually maintain that relationship. And also you can kind of see when the relationship is building up towards kind of the end or, or it's gone as far as it really should go. And communication will also, a breakdown of communication will be indicative of it, it's time that that relationship is, is kind of over. Um, what's also interesting about communication is that it helps shape um, w- how and and kind of provide insight into how you view yourself and how you view others and then sometimes it's also a consequence of how you're treated so your response to something uh, will also help kind of reveal uh, if you feel like you're being respected in that relationship or if you feel like you're not being respected in
0: that relationship great so what would you say some hallmarks of healthy communication are in a relationship I, the first one I'm going to mention, I I think people usually would assume that
1: that's like the end sign or the danger sign for a relationship, but conflict is actually a good thing to have in a relationship. Wow. Um, if you just agree, all the, I mean, agreement would be perfect, but sometimes people, when they don't agree, would rather avoid or pretend like the problem will just go away. Whereas if you actually have constructive conflict where both people are able to kind of express dissatisfaction without attacking the other person Mm -hmm. or blaming it on the other person it can really be quite helpful and that's often a huge turning point in a relationship when you're able to successfully overcome that first conflict Mm -hmm. and it kind of paves the way for how you'll handle conflict if the relationship was to continue. So having constructive conflict I would say is a good thing because Mm -hmm. you're not always going to see eye to eye with your partner. Um, Another type of thing that you see in, in kind of healthy relationships would be engaging in different kind of maintenance behaviors so that could be things like expressing Positivity that you approve of something, um, that you agree with something. It could also be, you know, saying that you're committed to, or reassuring the other person that you that you value this relationship in, in some way. Um, Increase kind of nonverbal, so touching, hugging, kissing each other, being affectionate, displays of affection in that way. Um, doing things where you have you integrate your social networks so that you spend time with each other's friends or their families or you take an interest in what is important to that other individual. And then also kind of shared tasks. So it's not that, you know, You can divide and conquer, that's fine, but if there are certain things that you have to do in a relationship, that you try to do those things together. So it doesn't feel like one person is taking on the task or the burden of Mm -hmm. everybody else. Um, But a lot of that is usually good. And then emotional expression and just general kind of self disclosure is also helpful. So that's where we always get that like open communication, Mm -hmm. but that you're expressing how you feel, you're expressing kind of what makes you tick, um, fears, concerns you might have, successes that you may have experienced, but you're willing to share that with your partner as well.
0: So there's really a lot more than simply just kind of what are the conversations that you have with the person you're in a relationship?
1: Right, right. To Not not that you want to have an agenda, but there are certain topics that are quite helpful um, to kind of say, okay, this they are strong or they're committed to each other or they value the time that they spend with one another. In that
0: mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting what you said. About conflict because you can really learn a lot about a person.
1: Right. And uh, another key thing is if you see that you have completely different conflict styles from your partner, um, not that that's necessarily a deal breaker, but you need to kind of be aware of that. Mm -hmm. So if someone is going to scream and yell or someone's going to bottle that up or again, avoid the issue to the point of where you know, the smallest thing sets them off. Right. You you kind of need to identify if that's going to be a problem or or if you're if you have to tell them that,
0: you know, you 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 can't really approach it like that or you mm-hmm. have to tell me earlier on. Even though that's a difficult conversation, it's right. important. And in those situations, do you think that couples can kind of adapt their conflict styles to you know make it more constructive as you were saying
1: yes and it is it is possible to adapt but that's one of the key things that you have to express it you can't expect your partner to be a mind reader and be like they should realize i'm giving them the silence Mm -hmm. i'm unhappy (laughs) they might not realize that there's a problem so as it's not again it's not necessarily a deal breaker um because a person can try and make a concerted effort to to do and improve based Mm -hmm. on and it shouldn't just be one-sided it should be from both but if someone's unwilling then that would be where it would start to be that deal breaker right? it was that
0: big of a mismatch. Right. And this kind of leads into our next question, which we are wondering, how do you recognize if you and your partner have a communication problem? Sure.
1: So one of the one of the larger types of things, if you constantly, or if it's so free, like, I don't want anybody panicking <laughs> I me. Mean, they didn't understand this. We're, we're destined to fail. I don't mean it like that. But when it's frequent miscommunication at uh, that or you're constantly fighting and it's fighting over the smallest of things to no resolution. Mm -hmm. And where I was saying that constructive conflict, if you start attacking the other person, if you blame the other person, that's when that really starts, that should be that red flag Mm -hmm. of this is is not going well. And if we don't address this, or if we can't address this, this relationship probably is not going to last. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a famous psychologist so he's well regarded in terms of kind of the scholarly world but then also kind of psychology, his name's John Gottman and he ide- has identified, he calls him the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but uh, kind of where you can see your relationship is, is going to the wayside where um, you're, you're probably going to end up breaking up or if you were married, probably mm-hmm. ending up getting divorced, but one of that largest uh, was that criticism where you attack okay. or you blame the other person um, another key kind of sign, he refers to a stonewalling. so that's when the person just kind of shuts down and turns away and rather than trying to engage or work through the conflict, it's just like, nope, right. like, like just completely disengage from what's going on. Um, and what's highly problematic is that when you start attacking another person or if you feel like someone has shut down. That prompts the other partner to get extremely defensive. Mm -hmm. And again, no constructive conflict is going to come from there because now you're just angry and upset and then you're going to attack. It it spirals out of control. Right. Um, That you just keep one-upping each other, but in a very negative way. Yeah. Um, And then another kind of key thing where you can tell that a relationship is basically done is, is if you look back on it and just kind of have regret and everything is bad memories. So if you can't restore and say, well, you know what person drives me crazy like this, but I love when we hang out with each other or they're, oh, they're always so considerate and they do these things for me. If everything, you just look at it with like disdain and like, ugh, why, why did it, right. Then it's, it's kind of like that. That's your your relationship is probably headed toward breakup. Um, another thing too with with the conflict, you could save it. You can try to break the tension, mm-hmm. but if people don't attempt to break the tension with humor or someone concedes and says, you know what, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what, what can I do to prevent this from happening again? If it's just no, and it's just blaming, right.
0: That's also highly problematic. Exactly. And someone has to be kind of willing to do that. And that can be really hard, especially if you're in a heated argument or disagreement. That's right. And it doesn't have to be immediate where you're like, if you're expressing yourself
1: and maybe you, you come back and you look at it after you've calmed down or you've had that kind of emotional, catharsis, Uh which is like, it's out. And then I, maybe I did overreact, but it can get to the point where neither partner wants to do that, where they, again, they just keep escalating the situation rather than saying, this is ridiculous. This really isn't a big Mm -hmm. deal or, or this has been blown out of proportion Mm -hmm.
0: and not even kind of making those efforts to try and make it better. Right. Right. Great. So let's say, you know, you are maybe having some of those problems, What would be your tips to improve communication with your partner? Whether maybe you're in a new relationship or a older relationship.
1: Sure. One of the biggest things that I would say is really being clear with your expectations of what that relationship, what you want from that relationship, what you value, what you find to be important. Um, a lot of self reflection has to happen. This. So you know yourself in order to know how you're going to respond to your partner. So that, that would be one big thing I would keep in mind. And uh, another type of thing that I would make sure people are aware of is it's not like the movies and television or romance. It would be fantastic. That's why those things are escapism. Uh, People are human, even yourself where it's hard, everybody's a little flawed or or we'll do something Mm -hmm. to tick someone off. Um, So I think you, you have to have those realistic expectations and and try to kind of convey that in in that way. Uh, So just starting off before you even worry about what's going to come out of your Mm -hmm. mouth. Getting, your, getting yourself in the right mindset. And then to improve communication with your partner, I think it really is trying to think about what you do value about that person, what you do like, because there will be times when they, when they do upset you or bother you in some way. So that's important. Um, appreciating small little things, mm-hmm. uh, making time to be with that person. And, and also, um, and, and not being afraid or being like, I have to be the one, I don't want to lose power in the situation, emotionally expressing that you value that person, you care about that person so that they have an idea of how you feel about that relationship rather than just keeping it in your head or or assume that they, that they happen to know that that's how you feel. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also say you you want to make sure that you have that. A lot of those maintenance behaviors that I was mentioning before are really helpful in terms of improving communication with your partner. So that's also being willing to share and to be open, to, to be willing to disclose like what's going on, um, making time for each other and do, having shared activities, and creating things where you have shared meaning, where there's a sense of significance. It might be something small or trivial to outsiders, but mm-hmm. between you and your partner, it, it has a lot. significance yep, yep. It has that significance for the two of you.
0: Great. And I'm sure kind of as you progress through a relationship, those maintenance things are a little bit more difficult to remember. Yes. Yes. Or they change also mm-hmm. uh, what, what the expectations are. So
1: when you look at longer term couples, there might be less disclosure because it's like, I know this person, right. I know them so well, I can't anticipate how they're <laughs> going to respond or complete their sentence. So that might not happen as frequently, but you will like share tasks would be something that's really important. Like, okay, okay well, someone has to take out the garbage. Someone has to do the laundry. Someone has to go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. may not be the most riveting type of thing,
0: but it is important Important so that one person doesn't feel like the work is always falling on them. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I liked what you said about, you know, being clear with your expectations because you can't get into those moments where you assume that your partner should know mm-hmm. something about you or know that you have certain wants, but
1: Right. I mean, it's, it's so funny with like the silent treatment type of stuff where people just assume it's so clear. Like I am not talking to them. They might just think they're tired. They don't want to be bothered. They don't know. Mm -hmm. So you have to, rather than being like, well, I'm going to, and just sit there and wait for a response. Tell them like, this upset me. I'm unhappy that you did this. You, right. you didn't think of me. That was wrong. I know it's tougher and it gets easier as you do it more frequently. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times things could be resolved and it's much easier to resolve it when it's a small thing. Right. So when it boils over to like resentment and mm-hmm. bitterness that this person doesn't understand you.
0: Exactly. So maybe a little uncomfortable in the moment, but sounds like you kind of save a lot of maybe yes. <laughs> angry feelings and stuff yes. later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Exactly. So kind of talking about negative feelings like that, how do feelings such as insecurity, jealousy, things like that manifest itself in communication? Sure. Uh,
1: jealousy is an interesting
0: one. So jealousy,
1: mm-hmm. it could go to it, it has lots of different avenues it could take. So it could go to you are so worried about losing this person that you start buying them extra things. You start, oh, I love you so much. oh, mm-hmm. I, and, and trying to just figure out how you can spend more time because you're so fearful of losing the person. So o- almost like excessive clinginess right. uh, <laughs> because you're worried about losing them. And then it could go to the other extreme of, well, I'm going to show them. So, you know, it's talking about someone who expressed interest in them, someone who complimented them to be like, well, you're not the only one. Mm-hmm. who finds me attractive or, or just know like um and at whatever stage you happen to be at so if you're not dating exclusively well other people are interested in right me. if you if you are worried and you want them to take it to the next level to be like well this other person seems interested or even mm-hmm. when you're married yeah. people will be like if, if you haven't you know so that looks nice or, or express any interest in the person to be like you got attention at work. Um, so kind of rubbing that in someone's face is, is a Mm -hmm. way of, of also doing that. Um, It can happen, again, to extremes where you give someone the silent treatment if you feel like they have not paid you attention, if you think that they might be interested in someone else or they've shared time or done something that was supposed to be between the two of you that they've done with someone else. Now, this isn't even just like infidelity or Mm -hmm. sleeping with another person. This is just they spent time or they they had a meal together, they hung out, Um, but silent treatment but then you also have people who will have like extreme expressions and will yell and scream. And then you talk about mismanagement of conflict where it just you're just arguing. Right. Um, it can also escalate all the way to like physical violence against a person as well as just violent behavior in general, where it's like you're upset and angry and you throw things mm-hmm. or you break things. So jealousy has many different ways that it can kind of manifest itself. Um, and much like with conflict, the the strategies that I just gave are not necessarily I would recommend. They're just often ways that we see it kind of gets expressed. Right. Um, but if you are upset or you're worried about that, you're better off talking about it mm-hmm. rather than, again, trying to make someone else jealous mm-hmm. or you know flying off the handle or, or giving that silent treatment where the person doesn't know that this, whatever the incident is, that either you don't feel like they're paying you enough attention or they're paying someone else to too much, much attention. attention that needs to be communicated.
0: Yeah. So really, it sounds like there's nothing good that can come <laughs> out of jealousy.
1: Right. I mean, with jealousy, we're you're human. And so sometimes we might misinterpret a situation. And I mean, there and different studies will look at people who maybe experience jealousy more often. There might be some their own things with uh, self, selfless lack of self-esteem mm-hmm. there might be previous relationships right where, trust issues right exactly where there's baggage from that previous relationship and it's not the current romantic partner right. it's that someone else did that to them and they're it's fearful of that over. happening yeah. but again that's when that expression to say like it's not you mm-hmm. but i was treated like this in the past so i have a problem with that mm-hmm that's better than screaming or right. silent treatment or again, trying to be like, so-and-so just followed me yeah, or like this. You or, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or you're in a photo with yeah. them. It's better to talk with them than, than going around, mm-hmm. you know, indirectly
0: trying to get at these issues. Right. And you brought up the term clingy, which really only yes. seems to backfire for yes. people.
1: <laughs> yes. And two, the problem is you can't be with someone 24 right. seven. Right. And also, if your relationship that you can't trust that person with the tiniest bit that you're not with them, that's not a healthy relationship. No, no. And and you really need to check yourself is is it are you coming up with things that are not really there, that they're just fears mm-hmm. that you have, versus the person has done something to suspect. That they that mm-hmm. they are not treating you appropriately, or or they're they like someone else, um, then that's looking at the relationship. But just constantly hovering over is not the best way to do that. Uh, another thing, not quite clinginess, but uh, another uh, jealousy type of behavior is checking, like actual snooping mm. uh, on the person, like checking yeah. their phone, it's looking at their yes, of <laughs> yes. It's like okay, their fingerprint on their yeah, so do this or I know their code. Um, but that is also something. If you suspect or you're concerned, whatever insecurity is causing this to happen, is to actually
0: spy on them. Mm-hmm. That's another thing people can do. That if then, and if that gets found out, oh, that's you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. It does seem like with a lot of these issues, it can tend to be from previous relationships and the poor your poor yes. partner that really didn't have anything to do with that. Sometimes, right. It's right. that end of the stick, <laughs> right?
1: It, um, so there's, there's. It's a psychological theory, but this attachment theory, and it comes up when people test for it and a lot of different things. But it's really how you view yourself and how you view others. But it's based on your past experiences. So so often, who we are now in a relationship is really built up over time that it's that it's again how you were treated by your family how you were treated by friends how you were treated by a previous romantic partner it shaped how you view yourself and how you view other people and you bring that with you into the current relationship okay so it's important for you to know that about yourself and if it's something that like you can't i i, I joke like you can't keep the crazy and i don't like this right idea, but you can't <laughs> keep it under control um If you can't do self-talk to fix it, you have to talk to your partner about, Mm -hmm. you know, I was mistreated before. This person didn't respect me. This person cheated on me. And so I'm extra sensitive. Mm -hmm. That again, that there's an explanation for why you're behaving the way you are versus this came out of nowhere. I'm not doing
0: anything to make the person behave this way. And again, it sounds so simple to just say, you know, have those conversations, but it can be hard
1: to do that. It's embarrassing and it makes you vulnerable and you don't want to talk about your ex with right. your current one. Right. That's not, you're like, look, well, this is a fun topic. But um, certain times it's important to bring up if it can
0: negatively impact your current relationship. You want to avoid that from happening. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a little bit about the different spectrums of a relationship, but how does communication kind of differ or progress throughout the different stages of a relationship, maybe compared to the exciting beginning yeah. then towards when you're you know, right. so used to each other.
1: Right. So the communication definitely changes as time goes on. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times, and there's various stage-based models that would tell you this, but usually in the beginning stage, any kind of an initiation or an orientation that's when you meet each other, like in a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. it's the meet cute, and you're like, oh, they run into each other, they they make eye contact, but it's small talk. It's mm-hmm. and it's awkward, and it's the nervousness, like you're worried about first impressions yeah. and, and coming and how off. You look, exactly, yeah. exactly. The physical attractiveness, you're like, is this what this person likes? If you wear cologne or yeah. you? it's you're you're very concerned about those types of things. Um, and then once you get past kind of okay, that initial introduction, you start kind of Experimenting with each other to see well what do we have in common. So there's a lot of you know what are you interested in? What do you like? Um, if you had you know if you could pay any money, what would what would you do? What's your what's your dream? Um, to see if there's commonality, mm-hmm. and then they, a lot of relationships will stop at that kind of stage to say like well they're not a bad person, but we really don't click, we don't mm-hmm. have a lot in common, I, I'm not going to continue this. Or if you're like, wow, we, we think similarly, we enjoy a lot of the same things, we're, we're going to let this and, and have this kind of continue to progress. And then when it starts to intensify, that's the fun part. That's like the butterflies in the yeah. stomach, <laughs> the fireworks when you kiss, that type of a thing. <laughs> um, you you really start to see that you spend even more time with each other, mm-hmm. you want to spend more time with each other, and then you you start to share even more intimate types of details Mm -hmm. where that person really starts to get a better understanding of what makes you tick, what you find to be
0: important. You start to tell them about your family and your childhood. Yes, exactly.
1: Like all those embarrassing stories, yeah. where you are like, "Okay, I, I trust this person. This person is worthy of knowing this." And then there is that also that expectation where that person will disclose those mm-hmm. things with them to, to you as well. So you are not just out there being like, "I exposed right. these embarrassing stories." The other person is likely to share and as well, and you. And by sharing more, you feel more connected with that person. You have a better understanding. And continuing that, if that all goes well, that's really when you start to integrate more with each other. So this is even more spending time. And then other people around you start to realize they're a couple. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're together. Um, if you host things together, right. that's more of the sharing time with you actually meeting and doing mm-hmm. activities with friends and family. Um But it's very clear that the two people are a couple. Um, Once, and that's great. And then uh, during that time, you can see a a number of different, that might be when you express I love you. It's Mm -hmm. even, you're more intimate physically with each other. You might have additional kinds of conversations about taking the relationship to another level. Mm -hmm. If it's moving in, if it's being exclusive with each other. That uh, big, big kind of relational milestones. And then you kind of get to the point, and not that this is not boring, but it's not. Not where it's plateaued, but you reach more of the maintenance. Where right. you're Like, okay, we are. What if we either were going to cohabitate or we're going to get engaged and get married? So if your relationship gets to that kind of level, it's not that the honeymoon phase is over, right. but it often gets lumped as that. It's just that you're more in a routine. You have mm-hmm. more set roles. And you're really comfortable with yes. one another at that yes. point. And so it might not be like, yes, I've heard this story. Because, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I know the punchline <laughs> when they're sharing it with other people. Or again, you're anticipating their behavior. Right. But, but that's that that nervous excitement is replaced with kind of comfort and mm-hmm. complacency. And that's not a
0: bad thing. No. No, no. It's just different. It's and there is different. definitely something nice about that to kind of have someone that knows you that well. Yes. yes. That level of comfort. And and a lot, and, and
1: how I was describing earlier on, or we were t- you know, mentioning the importance of first impressions or mm-hmm. feeling like you have to act, there's a lot of pressure that you have to act a certain way, right. or will this person like you, like this, this rejection, where once you get to the point where you're like, this person has seen me. In pajamas, yeah, that's my worst. Yeah, you're like, I've been sick, or when people yeah. are afraid to even like use the bathroom in yeah. somebody's shared space <laughs> or like, eat, a certain yeah, food. yeah, you're like, all right, I I can be myself. I yeah. can let my hair down. There, there is comfort to that, mm-hmm. and that's nice, and that is where you're like this person, you know likes me or loves me or accepts me for who I am that it's not that I have to be a certain way or some of the earlier stages it's like well you have to make it past Mm -hmm. the rounds so you feel as if you have to do certain things whereas the relationship kind of continues you can be more yourself. It's mm-hmm. more natural. And it's harder if you're with the person more to be on or to be fake or just right. to do it because you're like, oh, the person likes football. I need to watch
0: football. Right. You know? And how long can you keep yes. that up for? Yes.
1: And so that's why it's it's more natural
0: and it's more genuine mm-hmm. as it,
1: if it gets to that kind of stage.
0: Right. So kind of getting to those um, later stages, what would you say in terms of communication styles are most compatible with one another? Yes.
1: So it's really interesting. There's a lot that's out there with different people's Mm -hmm. love styles and love languages. Mm -hmm. And so that again goes back to what I had said about making sure that you know yourself and you know your expectation. So there's different things with love languages where um, they would say, okay, so some people really need words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. So they need to be told, I love you. Right. So if you are in a situation where your partner's love language is not the words of affirmation. You either need to convey, I need to hear this mm-hmm. from you. This is important to me versus again, again, that, that might be something that breaks right. up where it'd be like, this person's never tells me they love me. That, that's, prob- that's going to be a problem. So mm-hmm. it has to be conveyed. If you need that, you have to express it.
0: And especially well, if that person doesn't need it, then they're not going to think that you do.
1: Exactly. They're not going, and it's nothing that they don't love or care for you. They just don't express it mm-hmm. that way. Um, where some people are more into quality time that's spent together. And it's like, well, if I do everything with you, That, to me, means that, like, you're the person I've selected to Mm -hmm. do this with. That's who I care the most about. That's more important than saying, I love you. Right. Uh, But that needs to be clear to the different people Mm -hmm. or sometimes physical touch. So some people may have a hard time emotionally, uh, you know, saying, I love you. But if they hug you, they kiss Mm -hmm. you, they, you know, sit closely, they hold your hand, cuddle, spooning, whatever, you know, you want (sighs) to say, that that might be the way that someone communicates. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's important to know. So then some people are like, I can't say it. I can't express yeah. it physically. That I'm just going to buy you stuff right. and say like <laughs> buy, and gifts. And then other people might say, I don't want a gift. I want, I want you. To, yeah. I want you to you know do this with me. And so it, it creates all these problems mm-hmm. because people are not clear in their expectations or they again, what they assume is the right way to express love might not be the way that someone else does. Right, And then the, the final one is acts of service. So sometimes people will just say, well, I'll they're really stressed about this. I'm going to help them out and, and mm-hmm. do it like they they said that they are they need an oil change. I just took their car for right. an oil change. Or they didn't have a chance to get groceries. I'm going to buy them groceries when they come back to the mm-hmm. apartment. The Make groceries dinner, are there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so some people would be like, okay, I didn't say I love you a hundred times, but I did all this. Right. That means I love you. Right. So with, with that, I think it's just knowing what love language mm-hmm. you have or you prefer, and then identifying what your partner does right. so that you know that all of these things might express love or caring, but you you might be saying it differently. It's almost right. like speaking a different language exactly, um, and translating that this means I love you, mm-hmm. even if I don't actually say I love you. Right. Um, so making sure that
0: that's kind of clear like that. So maybe not even if you do have those different love languages, that's not necessarily a sign that your relationship isn't going to make it. You just have to be Clear. yes yes
1: so it's not um it yes it's really the clearness and saying like this is what i do or 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 sometimes people be like i can't be that way mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean i don't care about you. right so if you can and the other person has to say all right if i need i love you all the time and this person is not going to do that am i okay with that you mm-hmm. have to be honest with yourself mm-hmm. um You have to be honest with yourself. And if you could say, okay, they're going to spend time with me instead, that's fine. The relationship can work. It's more of
0: if it can't,
1: that that's where it could start to become problematic.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, This was really fun to talk about. And thank you to all our listeners. And tune in for our next episode in the Uplift podcast series. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me.